3: Yes, indeed, it is. The authority, good morning to way. Nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Wednesday, the 29th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord. 2020 appreciate you being with us just so you know if you missed the announcement about a half an hour ago we are going to be guest and phone call free today our phones are down we're working our very level best to get them fixed but uh uh don't take it personally if you call and we can't put you on the radio (laughs) it's a it's a tech problem not a you problem so uh just settle in and listen we do have a lot of very important stuff to discuss in this hour of the broadcast i want to go back um, and, and I want to talk not necessarily about President Trump in the impeachment trial here, but I want to go back to something that happened on Monday night that I have not yet had a chance to opine upon. And it happened on CNN, where in a rare moment of honesty, CNN um, pretty much put on full display what it and they think of you as a Donald Trump supporter. And I know that sounds strange, but but I mean, it, it it's real. You do recall Peter Strzok. I'm sure this isn't going to come completely out of left field to you, because you do recall Peter Strzok, the liberal Hillary supporter and Trump hater and FBI uh, mole, essentially, is what I would call him. He was a mole. Uh, he's not working for the FBI. He was not working in the best interest of uh, the United States of America. He was instead being a partisan hack and trying to satisfy the fears of his paramour, um, as the two just played adultery games. Uh, Lisa Page, the FBI attorney, prior to the 2016 election, and you remember the one of the many text messages that were uncovered, in which Peter Strzok said that, no, he will not win. Uh, Donald Trump will not win, but we do have an insurance policy against him. And in a ranting to Page uh, about his anti-Trump beliefs, he expressed his anti-Trump supporter observations as well, including walking into a Walmart and smelling the Trump supporters there, uh, essentially painting Trump supporters as being poor or low-middle class hillbillies who shop at Walmarts, and it kind of called to mind to me Barack Obama, uh, in his language of uh Trump uh, or Trump supporters clinging to their guns and their religion, clinging to their guns and their Bibles. Um so you know that intellectual elites look down on Trump supporters as being, you know, dumb, uneducated rubes uh who speak like hillbillies. And uh, and don't know no better, and that's why they support Donald Trump. And I'm using this accent for a reason, because that's what you literally heard on CNN on Don Lemon's program on Monday night. Now, he had a guest named Rick Wilson on the program, and he had another guest, and his name is escaping me at the moment. It doesn't matter, because what you're going to hear is the first guest, Rick Wilson who's going to talk about uh, President Trump's supporters um, in a way that is just beyond disparaging. He's going to speak about President Trump himself, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, and then Trump supporters. And what you're going to hear underneath him speaking and underneath the second guest speaking is Don Lemon laughing his head off and trying to muffle it. Now, I have video here, you don't, this is radio, so you're just going to have to picture Don Lemon literally putting his forehead on his desk. He literally drops down so that he can laugh hysterically to himself as Rick Wilson and the other guest mock Trump supporters in ways, again, that you're going to have to listen for yourself to understand. Here you go.
2: And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world, and so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. Uh, you know, the 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 credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that that, that Donald Trump's a smart one and they're all y'all y'all, y'all elitists or
4: dumb. <laughs> You you, us with your geography and your maps and your spelling. Even though my your pa- math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading, you know. Your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte. All those lines on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Only them elitists know where Ukraine is. Sorry, I apologize. Is
5: but by, but South by South. Oh, my God. <laughs> but,
4: but, but you know what? But. <laughs> It was Rick's fault. I blame Rick. But but in all honesty, you know what NPR should do? Sorry, hold on. Wait, wait. Can I tell you a second? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. (laughs) That was good. Sorry. Rick, that was a good one. I needed that. That went on,
3: my friends, for one minute and 20 seconds of live television on CNN. Now, the good news is very few Americans saw it because it was. On CNN, but I want more Americans to see it and I want more Americans to hear it because it was as I said at the outset of this segment a rare moment of honesty coming from CNN CNN is known as fake news for good reason CNN is known as parody news it is known as satire news it is known as the uh, the liberal version of the Babylon B. The only difference being the Babylon Bee acknowledges and bills itself as a parody news site. They put fake news stories out there to make people laugh. CNN doesn't admit it, but they pretty much do the same thing. And in this rare moment of honesty for fake news CNN, one of their prime time hosts, Don Lemon, is as big a star on, on CNN as there is. He's pretty much as big as Anderson Cooper as much as Jake Tapper, Chris Cuomo, or any of the rest of them. He is a massive, massive figure in the CNN world. And Don Lemon put these two guests on and listened to them talk like country boys and make fun of them. What, what did uh, Rick Wilson call them? Boomer rubes? Yeah, they're playing the boomer-rube uh, base of Donald Trump, who make fun of them elitists who think that Donald Trump is a smart one and you elitists ain't no nothing. And then the other one jumps in with the same thing. Yeah, all you elitists with your spelling and your your maps and your reading. They mocked Trump supporters as being uneducated hillbillies. I would submit to you that if I wanted to take this further, I could call it racist. I could. Because nobody, when they talk like this to make fun of people, like people who speak for, like they're from the South. Nobody does that picturing black people or Latinos. They picture white hillbillies. They picture Cletus from The Simpsons, right? You don't hear guests going on Fox News or on One America News or on any other network using stereotypical black dialect, speaking in Ebonics in order to make fun of, for example, Obama voters. It would be extraordinarily racist to do so. And it would. That's why nobody does it. But they felt perfectly comfortable using white hillbilly dialect and white hillbilly accents, Appalachian accents, etc., to make fun of Trump supporters. So there's the racial aspect to it that not too many people are talking about that I think that is very important here. But most importantly, they just think you're stupid. We talk about this all the time. That in their Ivy League offices and in their college, excuse me, in their indoctrination center classrooms and auditoriums, They truly believe they are better than you, that they are smarter than you, and you need to sit down inside your shanties and let them tell you what's what. They truly, and Don Lemon could not stop laughing as they continued to mock Trump supporters. Now, how big of a deal is this? Well, that's a question that was asked of Hill reporter Joe Concha. How big a deal is this?
2: It's a very big deal because the Trump campaign has already put out a campaign ad with that particular clip because that shows what many people in media, not all, certainly, but many, think of Trump supporters. If you're old and you're white, you're an idiot, and that's why you voted for the guy. Or as Rick Wilson, who is a GOP strategist, the credulous boomer rube demo what i didn't hear in that particular clip last night of don lemon because he addressed this finally three nights later is the word sorry he didn't say i am sorry to the 63 million people that voted for donald trump all he did was try to explain away how he didn't hear everything. But you guys have done thousands sure. of shows; you hear everything, unless there's a lot of cross talk. Well, there wasn't there.
0: But sometimes a producer is talking to
2: perhaps, and we not that went on we for this. 120 minutes, those uh, 120 yeah. seconds. Though, no, Steve. I understand
4: that. I, uh, regarding Don Lemon's reaction, I, I didn't think that joke was that funny. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, Don Lemon, seeing the backlash, did address it last night. This is a mm-hmm. soundbite Joe's talking about. Watch.
3: And this says, I'm going to play it only for, I don't know, uh, the sake of thoroughness, for the, for the sake of completion. But he doesn't even deserve to have this non-apology, apology aired, seriously. Because what Concha said is correct. He never ever actually apologizes to the 63 million Trump voters from 2016 and the probable 70 million in 2020 that is going to grow because of attitudes like theirs. He doesn't apologize to them, so I really don't know why he even bothered with this, but I'll let it play for the sake of thoroughness.
2: And one final note that I have for you, because this is personally important to me to address this, okay? Anyone, ask anyone who knows me, they'll tell you. I don't believe in belittling people, belittling anyone for who they are, for what they believe, or where they're from. During an interview on Saturday night, one of my guests said something that made me laugh. And while in the moment, I found that joke humorous, and I didn't catch everything that was said. Just to make this perfectly clear, I was laughing at the joke and not at any group of people.
3: That's it. That's all you got. For a minute and 20 seconds, his guests belittled Trump supporters and talked like white hillbilly rubes, even using that word rubes, making fun of them for them making fun of elitists, if you will. And all you got was a non-apology from Don Lemon. He didn't say, I'm sorry for what my guest said, and I'm sorry that I was laughing at it. He said, I didn't hear what they were saying. I was still laughing at the original joke about Ukraine because I didn't hear it. So just so you know, that's it. Not a pause. These people despise you. The media elites that made fun of quote unquote, dumb rube Trump supporters for not liking media elites just displayed for you. Why we don't like media elites. They hate you. They mock you. They do not respect you. And now they have made it clear to you. And we'll be right back. All right, 26 minutes after the hour. Thanks so much for being with us as we continue. A lot of extraordinarily important audio to share with you. And I just, I want you to ponder, you can't call, by the way, to respond to what I just played for you from CNN and from uh, uh, Don Lemon and his response and so on and so forth, So because our phones are down today. But I do want to hear from you by social media. You can tweet to me or you can Facebook comment to me uh, at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, Radio, all one word, no spaces, and no underscores. Let me know how you feel about being de- uh, degraded in such a way. Because cause it is. It's degrading. It was intentionally degrading. All they wanted to do was in- essentially say that we are smart, And we oppose Trump. You are dumb because you oppose Trump. That's it. Along with, of course, as I noted, the racial undertones as well. And there was. Nobody else will talk about that. Nobody else will talk about it. But there were racial undertones there as well. Because when you picture Hillbillies, you picture Cletus from The Simpsons. You do not picture African Americans. And that's fine. If the if the vast majority of people in, in Appalachia are, are, are white, it's fine. I don't care. I really don't. But you would never hear somebody criticizing an Obama voter or a Democrat voter um, by using Ebonics and speaking in African-American dialects or any of those kinds of things. Because to do so would be flat-out racist. I'm perfectly comfortable telling you that would be racist to just stereotype uh, voters of one party by some sort of uh, an insulting accent or dialect uh, based upon their race. And that's exactly what they did. So if you want to respond to that, do so by way of social media. Meantime, I want to share another uh, part of this story with you. Yesterday, not this story, but a story. Yesterday um, was also historic in that President Trump uh, met with... uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, to out, to Netanyahu, excuse me, to outline an extraordinarily important Mideast peace plan. A plan that would actually guarantee two states, an Israeli state and a Palestinian state. Something that has been screamed for and demanded by the Palestinians and their supporters for years and years and years and decades and decades and decades. Yesterday was a very important step toward that. Was the plan perfect? No, but it was a step toward that, except for the fact that nobody saw it. Why? Because the mainstream media refused to carry it. ABC gave it 26 seconds of coverage. The other two networks, NBC and CBS, about a minute and a half. That was it. Laura Logan, uh, uh, was, who does a program for Fox Nation, responded to that. Why did they not cover it?
5: No, it doesn't surprise me because it's consistent with a lot of what um, you've seen. I mean, you just look at the media landscape since President Trump took office. It's consistent with a strategy by Democratic uh, political operatives and propagandists who have laid out that, that you know, they would pressure media outlets and journalists to resist what they call the normalization of Donald Trump. And so normalizing him means mm. discussing policies on their merits and doing, having any kind of conversation that makes him appear like a normal president, because the whole basis of of the propaganda fight has been that this is an illegitimate president. That
3: comment was so incredibly important and so very insightful, and I'm going to pick up on it on the other side of the news here. But that is exactly why they wouldn't cover it. To cover Donald Trump's meeting with Netanyahu and the establishment of a framework of a two-state solution, which would allow Palestine to exist and Israel to exist side by side, but with Jerusalem remaining the capital of Israel, but to, to cover that and to give it the necessary um, attention that it truly deserved would be to say that this is a normal president doing normal foreign relations here. But the media would not cover it. And the one reason why is, as you just heard Laura Logan say, they refuse to treat him as a normal president. He's the enemy, he's illegitimate, and he needs to be disposed of. We cannot cover positive things that he is doing. And that's what happened. We'll follow up on that and more coming up after the news, AM 1420, The Answer. By right, 1035, that means 25 minutes before the hour. Thanks for being with us. We are uh, guest and call free today. Our phones are down, so apologies. Don't think it's personal if you're not hearing anybody and don't think that we are not taking your phone calls. We just can't put them on the air right now. we got problems in that way. So um, I want to go back to, so first of all, I told you to use Twitter and Facebook. Somebody just did that on Twitter and uh, uh, to reach me today. I tweeted about half an hour ago, if there's a vote on witnesses, the GOP must make it a witness package. Package Bolton, if that's who they want, with a subpoena on Hunter Biden in a one-for-one witness vote. Democrats would kill the vote. You know, they only need 51 votes in order to call witnesses. Democrats would never vote for it, knowing that Hunter Biden's testimony about all of his illegal dealings in Ukraine and his father's knowledge thereof would destroy Joe Biden's presidential hopes. And the Democrats would then be left with Socialists, Bernie, or Elizabeth Warren. Think about that. So Woodrow uh, tweeted to me at France Radio, Interesting idea, but don't limit it to just Biden. Throw them all in there. Hunter, Joe, Schiff. Nadler, Chalupa, uh, the ICIG, the Intelligence Community Inspector General, Vinman again, unreleased, house transcript, but you can't do all that. I mean, uh, it continues. No reason when you're the majority to allow yourself to be limited. Having said all that, end this thing already. I'm with you. End this thing already. Um, but they can't do that. What they're gonna have to hope for is, is maybe a one for one. Maybe a two for one, but they're not going to be able to call, you know, 11 witnesses against um, uh, impeachment and uh, expect uh, the Democrats only to get uh, John Bolton. And don't forget, when they request John Bolton or Mick Mulvaney or, uh, you know, Don McGahn or anybody else from the president's inner circle, um, the president is going to fight that reasonably and constitutionally. So. By uh, use of executive privilege, which he does have now to the point about calling witnesses. And again, there is you know, I don't want to call it breaking, but here's an update on, on where we stand with witnesses going into the questioning period today.
0: Counsel for both sides will be on the spot today as a 16-hour question and answer period begins. This is the fight over additional witnesses and documents intensifies. GOP Senator Mitt Romney says he'd like to hear from former National Security Advisor John Bolton.
1: Having each side be able to choose a witness or maybe more than one witness um, on a paired basis um, it has some
0: Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told members he may not be able to stop the calling of additional witnesses. Democrats are rejecting the idea of senators reviewing a manuscript of Bolton's upcoming book in a classified setting.
3: And- All right, so so that's just the update on the witnesses. And again, we don't know how it's going to go, but here's a great point made by Katie Pavlich on Twitter as I kind of turn to social media for a lot of uh, interesting responses here. There is a legitimate potential here that Joe Biden himself starts making phone calls to his former democrat senate colleagues telling them please vote against new witnesses because if you vote for them and they get and you get bolton up there they're going to subpoena my son and if my son has to testify I'm in trouble i i think there's a very valid point there katie pavlich is right if joe biden wants to protect himself and he's in a desperate fight already To win this nomination, Bernie Sanders is in the lead in Iowa, now less than a week away from voting there. Joe Biden is in a very, very difficult fight to win the nomination as they head into this primary season. If he gets destroyed by way of his son during this impeachment hearing, which he knows is futile because they're gonna not going to have enough votes, 67 of them, to remove Trump from office anyway, the only thing that could happen here is bad. And there's best-case, worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario, best-case scenario is Bolton implicates Trump in some way and makes him look bad. But worst-case, and, and, and Trump is still not removed because they're not going to get 67 votes. You're not going to get um, you know, nearly 20 Republicans to defect and vote to remove Trump from office. It's just not going to happen. So that best case scenario is Bolton makes some claims, makes Trump look bad, but Trump is acquitted anyway. Worst case scenario for Biden is his son testifies and opens the door to all kinds of illegal benefits his son received in in return for giving uh, um, Ukraine access to the Obama White House by way of dad. Now Trump gets acquitted and Joe Biden is in a world of hurt. So best-case scenario is not good for him. Worst-case scenario is indeed, just like it sounds, the worst-case scenario for him. Now, how do we know that it would go so badly? I want to play for you a little bit of Pam Bondi from Monday's uh, um, uh, defense presentation for President Trump. Pam Bondi is the former Attorney General in the uh, state of Florida, and she delivered an argument that is just devastating, devastating to Joe Biden by way of Hunter Biden. She opened the door to the, the relevance of Hunter Biden to the impeachment case, because Dems have said there's no relevance here. What Hunter Biden did in Ukraine while his dad was vice president is irrelevant to Donald Trump withholding Ukrainian aid in exchange for an investigation. That's their argument. They could not be more wrong. And Pam Bondi laid it out. The reason it's relevant is because we need to find out, did President Trump have an adequate predicate to ask for those investigations into corruption with the Ukraine government as it pertained to an energy company owned by a a multi-billionaire oligarch um, who was accused of all kinds of wrongdoing from money laundering, and that, that in and of itself is huge. Why did they want access to the Obama White House? So much so that they would pay an unqualified child, when I say child, he's a grown man, but an unqualified, um, Uh, you know, child of the vice president to put him on the board, paying him 10 to 12 times more than what any other board member made to contribute nothing except for access to the Obama White House. Well, Pam Bondi opened that door, uh, and established the predicate that President Trump was operating under when he demanded, or not demanded, but requested from President Zelensky an investigation. The Senate.
5: When the House managers gave you their presentation, when they submitted their brief, they repeatedly referenced Hunter Biden and Burisma. They spoke to you for over 21 hours, and they referenced Biden or Burisma over 400 times. And when they gave these presentations, they said there was nothing, nothing to see. It was a sham. This is fiction. In their trial memorandum, the House managers describe this as baseless. Now, why did they say that? Why did they invoke Biden or Burisma over 400 times? The reason they needed to do that is because they are here saying that the president must be impeached and removed from office for raising a concern
3: the concern that the president raised was valid as bondi went on to explain in what i am still not a fan of a presentation quite frankly i, I feel like this is something jay Seculo should have provided uh... because i'm not necessarily a big fan of the way this came out but the facts that she laid out through a bit of a stilted delivery are irrefutable
5: the typical board member of these fortune one hundred companies We know they're titans of their industry. They're highly qualified. And as such, they're well compensated. Even so, Hunter Biden was paid significantly more. This is how well he was compensated. So Hunter Biden is paid over $83,000 a month, while the average American family of four during that time each year Made less
3: than $54,000. See, I I found that to be a rather irrelevant point. The relevant point would be what do other board members of similar sized um, uh, companies make? And that answer is around 12 times less than that. Average about $83,000 per year. That's what other board members on companies like this make. Joe Biden made, or Hunter Biden made $83,000 a month. That is part that that I really think they erred on. She should have presented this a little bit more apples to apples.
5: And that's according to U.S. Census Bureau during that time. And this is what's been reported about his work on the board. The Washington Post said, quote, What specific duties Hunter Biden carried out for Burisma are not fully known, end quote. The New Yorker reported, quote, Once or twice a year, he attended Burisma board meetings and energy forums that took place in Europe. End quote. When speaking with ABC News about his qualifications to be on Burisma's board, Hunter Biden didn't point to any of the usual qualifications of a board member. Hunter Biden had no experience in natural gas, no experience in the energy sector, no experience with Ukrainian regulatory affairs. As far as we know, he doesn't speak Ukrainian. So naturally, the media has asked questions about his board membership why was hunter biden on this board if your last name wasn't biden do you think he would have
3: been asked to be on the board of burisma i don't know
5: i don't know probably not
3: probably not he knows full well he would not have been And every point that pam bondi just made was one hundred percent accurate but we're not done the typical board member of these four... Oh, sorry, we already heard that part. We're trying to hear the next clip. Let's go again. The typical board... Uh, we're having a glitch here. Okay, that's okay. I think that's a sign that we need to take this time out. We'll uh, re- uh, reload that for you and give you the next part of the presentation she made. And by the way, why are we hitting this now? We're hitting this now because witnesses, witnesses, witnesses is the story of the day. Mitch McConnell has stated that he doesn't think he has the votes to block witnesses from testifying. So if witnesses are allowed to testify, and if John Bolton is one of those witnesses, the answer from the Republicans must be subpoena Hunter Biden. And if you listen to what Pam Bondi presented uh, to the Senate on Monday, you will know exactly why the Democrats will not vote to allow witnesses if one of them is going to be Hunter Biden. We'll have more of that coming up right after this. Okay, our final segment now at 10:50. It's kind of funny you just heard that promo um, where I talked about the uh, left being afraid that the redneck hillbilly or whatever or hilljacks or whatever I called them, uh, they're going to vote for Donald Trump again. That that came from a show that I did what two weeks ago. I'm going to say that that clip is about two weeks old because that's how they. I said that's how they see Trump supporters as redneck hilljacks who are going to be just dumb enough. To, to vote for him again, right? That was two weeks ago I did that show that that promo was taken from. How hilarious is it, or how prescient is it, that we had Don Lemon and his guests on CNN on, I guess this came from Saturday, not from Monday, but it really didn't hit uh, the, the viral status until uh, Monday. But how uh, how hilarious is it that they gave us exactly what I told you they thought of them. They verified it. They proved it. This is what the left, the, the, the media elites like Don Lemon and his guests, think of you as a Trump supporter.
2: Okay, so listen. Okay, Let's okay, get so back so to
4: business.
3: Hold on a second. I want to start that clip from the beginning.
2: And it, obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is you know, an, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. Uh, you know, the, the the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump, um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one, and they're all y'all y'all, y'all elitists or dumb. You hear this?
3: You hear this? That's what I was talking about. I did that two weeks ago. I did that, that uh, segment that turned into a promo. Literally just Saturday, you hear CNN, Don Lemon laughing his fool head off as his guest Rick Wilson talks about how Pres- uh, President Trump and his administration, dumb as they are, playing to their dumb boomeroo base and then using a, a hillbilly, a southern Appalachian voice to make fun of Trump supporters.
4: And not to be outdone, his second guest joined right in. You us you with your geography and your maps and your spelling. Even though my bath pa- and your reading. Yeah, you're reading. You know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte, all those lines on the map. Uh, only them us know where Ukraine is. Sorry, I apologize. Is but 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 you know what? But, but it was Rick's fault. I blame Rick. Oh but, you know, but but in all honesty, but you know <laughs> NPR should Why do? not. Sorry, hold on. Wait, wait. Can I yeah, tell you what? a second? Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. Sorry,
2: Rick, yep, that yep. was a good one. I needed that.
3: The three of these uh, buffoons spent a minute and twenty seconds laughing their fool heads off at mocking Trump supporters as being hillbillies who can't find places on maps, as being Walmart shoppers, as being uh, people who don't know how to read, as people who don't know how to spell. Uh, What other insults did they get in there? I I couldn't quite get it all. And, of course, white, white hillbillies, by using that, that Appalachian accent. They spent a minute and 20 seconds. Have you heard since that came out? President Trump retweeted it, by the way. President Trump retweeted this uh uh calling Don Lemon the dumbest man on television with terrible ratings. He retweeted this. And the responses from liberal Trump haters are that these three guys were right. They defended him. They supported him. They backed him up. Have you heard any one Democrat condemn that language and those insulting remarks? Not about a president, because they're used to insulting the president. That's what they've built their entire careers on here over the last three years, but of people. These are American voters. Let me tell you what they just did. And by not condemning Lemon and his two Lemon heads uh, that were there on the, on the uh, TV with him, here's what they've done. They've taken what Jerry Nadler did in the impeachment hearings on a micro level, and they have taken it to the nation on a macro level. Jerry Nadler has taken the approach, uh, which is by almost every legal scholar and every lawyer I've talked to who will agree to this, um, he's taken the, the unusual approach of insulting and attacking the jury, right? The jury in the impeachment trial of President Trump is the 100 senators, and he has taken the approach during their presentation of insulting them and attacking them which is just, how do you expect to get an, a, a juror to vote for you when you are spending your time, or to vote you know to, to your side, when you're spending your time insulting them, right? And it's kind of hilarious. Some of the Republican responses has been, more Nadler, more Nadler, please more Ladler. The more Nadler, the more he speaks, the more he insults the majority of senators, 53 Republicans in the 100-member Senate, the better it's going to be, because jurors generally don't side with an attorney who thinks they're dumb. Now take that to the macro level. What Don Lemon and Democrats and CNN and these guests have done, they have insulted the jury. They just told 63 million Americans from the last election, which is a number that will go up in this next election, that they're dumb hillbillies, that they're rubes, that can't read, that can't spell, that can't find places on a map. That can't find lines on a map. That's what they've done here. They've insulted the jury. And my prediction is that both of those two cases, the micro level and the macro level, are going to result the same way. The insulted Republicans, not that they really had much of an inclination to vote to remove Donald Trump anyway, and let's be honest, the case is non-existent. The two charges, the two articles of impeachment are, are incredibly weak, beyond weak. We're looking for new descriptions, new adjectives, or new uh, synonyms for the word weak. Not that they were likely to vote anyway. But, after being insulted by the Democrats and told that if you don't vote our way, you will go down in history as being part of a cover-up. You will go down in history as being a corrupt senator who covered up the crimes of an impeached president. Those senators are not going to be browbeaten and insulted into voting to remove the president, thus giving Nadler, those doing the browbeating and the insulting, what they wanted. They're going to vote to acquit the president. And my prediction is also the same thing. The more, the more that liberal Democrats in the media and in elected office, and as Peter Kirsten, I would say, but I repeat myself, because they are the same, really. I mean, they all go to the same parties. They all uh, run in the same circles. They all say that use the same talking points. They all tell the same jokes. Liberal Democrats who are in office and liberal Democrats in media like CNN, The Post, The Times, NBC, etc., etc. They're all doing the same thing. They're all rowing in the same direction, and they're insulting of the American people by thinking of Trump supporters as being dumb hillbillies who shop at Walmart and can't find things on map and can't read uh, maps and cannot read and cannot spell etc that is going to lead to that jury returning a verdict against them they're going to reelect donald trump and they're going to send a message to these elitists who are mocking trump supporters for not trusting elitists are going to have a very very you know long time to think about the mistakes that they made and i'm sure they will for after Donald Trump wins re-election in November, they will immediately come up with new articles of impeachment to try and have a second bite at the apple in his second term, and they will probably do it a little bit differently. They won't have to worry about him being re-elected, of course. They will just try to impeach him on, uh, you know, uh, you know, on, on principle in their minds, even though they have no principles. But they will. But it's going to take them a long, hard lesson, and they're going to have to think about it a long time before they go at this again. Because the American people are listening. The American people do not like what they're hearing. They do not like how they're being characterized, and Trump supporters are going to unify with one another against this type of incredible, you know, incredible treatment. All right, that's going to do it for us again. Apologies, the phones were out today, so we had to do all of this solo. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, they'll be fixed, and we'll talk to you then. Mike Gallagher's next. Have a great day.